Good evening, Professor. How are we tonight? Weather. <laughs> <laughs> Always the weather. I'm going to turn this just a little yeah, bit, boss. Please do. <laughs> Keep you turning it right now. No, no, no. <laughs> okay, what do we got on tonight? I have my Ravens hat on because oh, Baltimore Ravens. Farther in first place. Oh, look at you guys go. Okay. Let's see what happens. Hopefully they can keep it. Just don't be betting on the goal game now. Nope, nope, nope. Are you moving? That's my home team. <laughs> nope, I'm not moving. You have to be still. <laughs> We've got to improve this video over time. <laughs> I think it's because we have a background on it, but probably, yeah. I, I was just going to call it cheap technology. It's my fault. <laughs> She's going to get rid of me yet. <clears throat> hey, how's your work life? <laughs> yeah, work life balance going. Boy, I tell you, that's something, isn't it? Uh, pretty crazy today. Oh, really? It's tired Tuesday. Is it tired? And then the weather on top. Oh, yeah. A lot of rain going on around here right now. Flooding, it looks like, from what you were telling me. Mm -mm -mm. Is that well, what we're talking about tonight? We are balance? talking about balancing our work life with our personal life so i guess it's personal work balance or work personal balance okay or maybe it's just work, work dash life balance <laughs> <laughs> lots of balancing a lot of balancing <laughs> um so for tonight for the masters what we're looking at is the young lady is at a recital that her daughter is so proud to be at and wanted mom and dad to attend and so they did and the recital was just starting, and the daughter's up there going at it and, you know, smiling, you know, mom and dad are out there, and her cell phone, we have a text. Oh, boy. <clears throat> she ignores it, turns it on silent, because she knows a phone call's coming. Sure as the world, a phone call comes, you know, she can feel the phone vibrate. Mm -hmm. She's like, this just can't be. So... <clears throat> She turns around, and this happens to be the company phone. So she wants to turn it off, but she knows she can't turn it off. As soon as that was done, here we go. Another text. Another dial. Another text. Another dial. Oh this is just becoming horrendous. And her daughter's up there just smiling away while she's giving her recital. Oh, so as soon as the daughter finishes, she excuses herself, tells her husband she's got to go out and take this phone call. He's like, but she goes. She was world, it's her boss. Boss said they had stuff coming down from corporate. They need to turn around and meet now. It's going to be 30 minutes from now, a mandatory meeting. And she's like, my daughter's just finished at the recital. We had an agreement that you have your personal time. I have my personal time. And this is my personal. Well, and the boss says, I can't help it. It has to be done. We have to work on it now. It's Saturday night. we got to have it by Monday morning. We may be working on this thing all weekend. Mm. That's what we're going to deal with there. But I'm not going to tell you how it turns out. Okay. But I will say this. There were guidelines that were agreed upon. And it's amazing to me that when there are guidelines, it's like a contract, that people don't necessarily abide by them. And so we'll talk tonight about that with the masters on how do we set those boundaries. And the bigger thing is how do you enforce it? But tonight, we're going to talk about how you manage something differently. And that's your spirituality. Spirituality. Wow. Between your work life and also your life with God. I'm going to try to keep this as short as possible and go as fast as I can. Because I know after 20 minutes, as they used to say back home, the sermon's over with. Everybody's sleeping. 
And I've dragged you out here for 30 minutes sometimes and it didn't go too well for me. So I'm going to try to speed along this. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't hear anything. and I'm too blind in my age to see anything. Okay. We've talked about the different kings that are going on. And we've talked about the northern tribe a lot. Now we're going to go to the southern tribe, but we're going to take a big jump. Uh, remember when King Saul died, his son, Rehoboam, took over the kingship. Well, now we're going to drop down about 17 kings, okay? 17 different monarchs between him and where we're getting to tonight. Mm, that's something. Well, it's right at the end, so to speak, of the southern uh, tribe, if you want to call it, or the southern part of Israel, uh, David's tribe, the tribe of Judah and Benjamin. And what's happening here is they were taken over. God allow it, allowed it. Babylon. And the king was called uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Maybe you've heard that name before. Well, anyway, when Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar took over, I'm just going to say the king took over now. Too long of a name for me. Brother Neb, how about that? When he took over, he told his uh, chief uh, court official, so we'll just call him the chief, I want you to turn around and find some Israelite boys. And more or less, I want them handsome and I want them young. Well, those old folks don't stand a chance, I guess. But what he's looking for, the ones that were, again, per the Bible, handsome, uh, that they were capable of being trained, seemed to be very smart, uh, quick, and so on. And so he wanted the chief to go find these individuals. And so the individuals were picked, and there were four among those individuals that stood out. One was Daniel, and then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those were the four men that stood out. Now, I'm going to talk about that Daniel at the end, and you probably heard the story of Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah, we're going to get there. Probably heard about Meshach, the other three guys, <laughs> uh, Shadrach and Abednego. They were the ones that were in the furnace and didn't burn. Yeah, we're going to talk about them, too. So I got to roll through this pretty quick. So I apologize if I keep looking at notes here, but I got to get this thing running and not be long-winded. All right. So the first thing that happened is these men were chosen, selected, and they were talked taught the Babylonian language, how to read it, and how to speak it, because the king wanted them to talk in his own tongue, as they say. Um, but the king also assigned to them daily rations, and it was wine, and it was needless to say, uh, rich food, as it was called. And Daniel said, I don't want the rich food and the wine. And he told the chief that. The chief's like, man, you got to have this stuff, because if you don't, the king's going to kill me. And but. God turned around and intervened, intervened in the sense that the chief liked Daniel. And Daniel said, give me a chance. She says, OK, what do you what do you want? He said, give me and my three friends just water to drink and also give us vegetables to eat. Hmm. And he said, give us 10 days. Compare us how our looks are to those of the men that you currently have and also our kids. You know, the guy said, OK, 10 days, 10 days. Well, needless to say, 10 days went past, and again, vegetables, water, and guess what? Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they look better than the other men. She says, hey, this deals away with the king stuff. No more <laughs> liquor, so to speak, the wine, which was fine to drink back then. Even Jesus said, well, the wine's good for the stomach. But anyway, uh, some would say good for the soul, but anyway, we'll keep going. Uh, so anyway, they they did not have what the king had. So the question first comes up in the literature, I got to touch on these things, is why did David refuse that? 
Well, maybe it was because it was, you know, pork was involved in there. And some people say, but that wasn't part of the Jewish heritage at that time. Some, some say, yes, it was beginning. I don't know. I'm not getting in the middle of that. Others say it could have been because the meat that they were being given had been sacrificed to the king's gods. And so, you know, that would be religiously, uh-uh, you don't do that. And other thought would be that Daniel just didn't want any favors from the king. He didn't like what he was doing and what he's going to be doing, so he's just keeping it simple. We're going to do it my way. And so, needless to say, the chief agreed, and so here we go forward with the story. All right. You're like, okay, that's pretty good. How does this keep going out? Well, huh. oh, by the way, before I leave, that's the biblical diet plan. Everybody's looking for a diet plan. I know you and I have talked about this before. You're listening to me, and I appreciate that. But folks, you want the biblical diet plan? It's right there. It's vegetables and water. Okay, now people say, but there's no protein vegetables. Well, like we talked about before, too. Beans, beans, beans. Mm. Had a cousin that all they ate was beans, beans, beans. And, you know, along with cauliflower, cabbage, broccoli. Um, let's see, what's another one? Uh, carrots. Uh, but let me tell you, they had a lot of gas. It wasn't great at family reunions. I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think we had time. Did they have it all the time? They had it all the time. I mean, you're talking about the walking, and that's enough. <laughs> anyway, it, it did happen. But they were very healthy. I must admit the whole family was. But the young folks who were my age, they were really healthy. Mm, guess I was eating too many hamburgers. All right. You got the navy beans, soybeans, and they really like the navy beans. Anyway, continue on. Nebuchadnezzar then had a dream. And so he tells his officials that, hey, you know, his wizards and so on, we'll just call them wise men. I need for somebody to figure out this dream because it's really bothering me. And if you figure it out, you're going to get a lot of good stuff. If you don't figure it out, I'm going to kill you and your families. And of oh course, goodness. they're like, oh, my goodness. You know, this, get on it. <laughs> yeah. So they went to him and they said, look, King, we've heard your dream, but there's nobody on earth that's going to be able to interpret this. This is too much. And pretty much he just says that everybody's going to have to die here. Because somebody's got to figure this out. Well, needless to say, uh, Daniel heard what was happening. And the reason Daniel heard what was happening is because the king was so mad. As I said, he told all the wise men to be sacrificed. Well, remember, Daniel was in that group, right? He'd been selected by the chief, you know, the council. And so Daniel hears about it. He says, let me go talk to him. So he goes and talks to the king. He says, king, you know, your majesty, you know, don't kill uh, he says, but just to be truthful, there's no man on earth that's going to be able to answer what your dream is. And of course, Nebuchadnezzar, I'm sure, kind of started looking at him like, and he says, but however, there is a God in heaven. And my God knows how to answer all dreams. So he went away, uh, Daniel did. He said, King, give me a little time. And of course, he talked with the three other guys, said, let me show you to go. They pray. So let's all pray real hard that God will allow me to interpret this dream. And God did. And so you say, well, what was the dream? What was the mystery? All right, I got to kind of look at this a little close, so please forgive me. Uh, one, the king sees a statue. The statue has a gold head. It has silver on his chest and also his arms. There we go. Uh, the belly and the thighs were made of bronze. The bottom of the legs, so to speak, were iron, and the feet were iron and then a clay, I believe. Yeah, baked clay. And so... While he was king was seeing this in his dream, he watched this big rock came and it hit the statue, big statue at the feet. And in doing so, everything, you know, 
the gold, the silver, the bronze, the iron, everything just fell to the ground. The rock crushed everything. And then the wind came and just blew it away. And so Daniel says, is that your dream? He says, yes, that's exactly it. How did you know? Because Daniel hadn't heard it at this point, from what I can gather. This is his first. He says, well, here's what's going to happen, King. And I hate to tell you this, but you're the head of gold. And these different events are about different kingdoms that are coming after you afterwards. Hmm. Oh. The first one, you're gold because you're gray. The next one's going to be a little different. They're going to be silver. They're going to be inferior. The next one after that's going to be bronze. The last one that's going to come in is iron. Iron's going to be tough. But the problem with iron, it's also going to have another tribe involved with it. That's the clay. So it's going to be a divided kingdom. Mm-hmm. One part's going to be strong. The other one's not going to be as strong. So in the end, though, that big stone that you saw that came and crushed everything, it's going to be my God in heaven. Because you folks haven't been acting right. And it's to let you know that your end of time is coming. Your kingdoms will be destroyed, but my God's kingdom will never be destroyed. Mm. Well, the king got <laughs> whoa. He said, well, if you know my dream, do you figure that out? And you got that. I, I, he just falls down prostrate on the ground and says, all glory to your king, you know, to your God. We're going to all start worshiping him. Okay, well, and, and that's good. Don't get me wrong. This is good. The problem is with King Nebuchadnezzar, he's like all the other kings. You know, King Neb just couldn't remember what he agreed to previously. They get carried away in life, just about like we all do. And, you know, things are going pretty good for him. So he turns around and he says, um, I don't know. Because his men came to him, all his wise men, and said, hey, king, why don't you turn around and make this big gold image? And so he did. And everyone, when the flutes, the horns, whatever, they were supposed to all worship this gold thing Mm -hmm. that he made. Well, needless to say that whoever didn't fall down and worship it, uh, they were going to be thrown into a blazing furnace. Hmm. Now, this story doesn't mention Daniel, but it mentions his three friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right. So the astrologers, uh, the wise men came forward and they told him, hey, you know, they were against the Jewish people anyway. They were Babylonians. And they said, hey, you got three guys out here that not doing what you said. And the king was like, who are the ones, the three, you know, that are with Daniel? They didn't say Daniel, just Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But he was angry. And he says, why aren't you bowing down my image? And he says, look, king, it doesn't matter. You know, whether you kill us or not, but we're not bowing down to your image. It's wrong. And we're not going to do it. And it made him more fierce. So he turned around and said, that's okay. I got this big furnace that I put people in and I like to watch them fry. And so he turned the furnace seven times higher, seven times higher than what he normally would to fry people. Mm -hmm. Hmm. In fact, the fire was so hot that the guards that took these three men to place them in there, they died themselves. Wow. It was so hot. So these men are in there, needless to say. Mm-hmm. And Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, hey, we just put three people in there, right? And well, yeah, well, there's a fourth one in there. I have four good in there. Looks like it's an angel or something. And so the men said, we only put three in. And he then went to the furnace and he said, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, y'all come out of there. So they opened it for them to come out, and they came out. And they were crispy. No, they weren't. In fact, the clothes they had on hadn't been touched. No singes whatsoever. 
But the fourth person wasn't with them. <laughs> the king realized at that time, hey, praise be to these guys, their king, their God, their real king, because this person's more powerful than me. So needless to say, he says they rescued him, and the king then promoted them. They became back again into their same positions, and everybody was supposed to be good and serving our Lord again. Well, then Nebuchadnezzar, here we go, has another dream. Well, this is where Daniel pops back in. He says he's standing in the middle of the land. There was a tree that was enormous. The, the birds were around it. The animals were underneath it. It was giving food to everyone. And then all at once, some messenger comes down. He sees, he says, it's got to be a holy one coming from heaven. And they call with a loud voice, cut that tree down. And just scatter the fruit and also bound the stump with iron and bronze. And he also said in his dream that the stump would be drenched with the dew of heaven and let that entity live as animals among the plants of the earth. Well, that's even confusing to me that I'm hearing like hearing this. It also said, let the person's mind be changed to where they're going to be like an animal. So we went from a stump, that's about what the guy was going to be, whoever, she, and they were going to have the mind of an animal. All right. So Daniel interprets the dream. Daniel wasn't excited about interpreting this dream either, because you know it's always bad things. <laughs> and he's got to look at the king. king. Yeah, he may take me down, but this is what the Lord's telling me it is. He says, guess what? You're the tree. He says, you're going to be driven away by your people, and you're going to become a wild animal. In fact, you're going to live like a wild animal for seven years. You're going to have feathers on you like birds, uh, and also you're going to have the claws. Um, I can't remember. Uh, oh, feathers of an eagle and the nails like the claws of a bird. Oh, goodness. And this is going to happen for seven times. Now, the literature is not clear. They don't know if that means seven years, seven seasons, but most come to agreement is that's going to be about seven years. And the king's going to have to realize that, guess what? God's not happy with him. And this is going to be his punishment. Now, I just might be, like mentioned, boanthropy, B O A N T H R O P Y. It is actually a disease. Uh, it's a psychological disorder where the person does believe they're a cow or an ox. So they do go out, as the uh, David had interpreted his dream, he's going to be sitting out there and eating grass. And that's what the king did. And he's going to have dew coming upon him, just like an animal, a wild animal, which living out in the wild. People turn away from him because he's just a crazy man. Hmm. Wow. So for seven years that happened. All right. Now, and Nebuchadnezzar says, at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes toward the heaven, and my sanity was restored. I praised the Most High God, and I honored and glorified him who lives forever. Wow. Maybe finally, after what, second, third chance here, he finally got it right? <laughs> All right. Now we kind of lose out as far as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We don't hear any more now. How am I doing on time? 619. I got to keep rolling here. Yeah. I got a minute. Okay. <laughs> Another one came in, Belshazzar. Belshazzar. And he was after Nebuchadnezzar, but about five kings down the way. <laughs> all right. He turned around. He had a great banquet uh, with a thousand people, uh, with all his nobles and so on. They were drinking wine. They were praising the gods of gold and silver, bronze, iron, wood, stone. He figured out. But then a finger turned around and started writing on the wall. And this guy was like, oh, my goodness. Why is man getting here and telling me what's going on? Well, nobody could figure it out. His wife turned around and said, am I going fast enough? I'm trying 
His wife says, hey, King, I remember this guy's name's Daniel. You know, he served back, you know, with Nebuchadnezzar and read his dreams. He could read yours, too. So he came and he read history. Hmm. And he says that, you know, your father, you know about him. Now, I know he's five kings back, but you remember him. And you know how he turned into an ox, more or less, what God did to him. And he says, you're not any better at this point. And even though you knew all this, and he says, let me tell you what's been written on the, written on the wall. Number one, God's numbered the days of your reign and brought it to an end. Number two, he's weighed you on the scales. You've been found guilty, found wanting, and your kingdom is going to be divided between two other gentlemen. Well, needless to say, that very night he died. Oh, my goodness. Then the person who took over was Darius the Mede. Eh, why did you get to Darius? Why did you go through that? Because Darius is important because he knew all this stuff happened as well. And now he's been appointed. <clears throat> well, he's scared, I guess. Or he knows that there's a God, a holy God up there. And he knows Daniel and his relationship with God. So he likes Daniel. He tries to take care of Daniel. But the other wise men don't like Daniel. So what they did, they were jealous of him. And so they got him to write an edict out that anyone um, in the next, let's see here, the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, O Majesty, they'll be thrown into the lion's den. Oh, Darius kind of brought into it. I guess he wasn't thinking about God again with Daniel. Well, Daniel considered, continued his three times a day of praying, one day, evening, okay? Well, the wise men said, hey, Daniel's disobeying you directly. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Now, he tried to get Daniel off the hook. Wise men wouldn't let him. You signed it. You put your ring signature on there. It has to be. So he says, okay, he's got to go to the lion's den. King's all upset. They put him in the lion's den. They wrote a big stone in front of him. King used the signet on his ring to seal that stone, meaning nobody touches it. King didn't sleep well last time. So early dawn, next morning, King comes running out to where Daniel was. Daniel, did your God in there save you? And he said, yes, the angel of the Lord kept the mouths of the lions shut, and I'm not harmed whatsoever. The king was so excited. You know, bless you, Daniel. Bless your God above him taking care of you, la, la, la. And now the king turns around back to the wise man. He said, y'all get to go to the lion's den now because you tricked me. Anyway, so not only the men, but they also threw their wives and children in there with them. And the Bible says before they hit the floor of the den, the, the lions jumped up and they crushed their bones. Mm -hmm. So that's the end of that story. I would continue, but I'm going to end. You know, God does sometimes, even with us, give us a lick every now and then. As my daddy said, you just got a kick in the head. Are you paying attention? <laughs> because the Lord may give you another one. And he may give you three or four, but before long, you're, you're going to be found, as he says in the Bible, wanting. I mean, if you ain't making them work, he's going to have enough of you. And so you're not going to get another chance. So, folks, how do you manage dealing with God and dealing with your boss? Who comes first? Can you go look at that? So when you're negotiating that I need to go to church on Sunday morning, so now I'll give you the end of my story is that this young lady's got to deal with her boss, what she's going to do. She's got to be at the recital tonight. And, you know, she tells the boss she could meet after the recital. He's not interested. And so she tells him this is what we're going to do. We're going to meet on Sunday morning. But 
you boss are going to have to give up your golf game because he always played golf on Sunday morning. And I'll talk with you before we go to church. <laughs> I don't know how it turns out, but that's how she's going to take her stand. I'll negotiate and you negotiate also. Yeah. But these are my terms because we agreed originally you wouldn't be bothering me. Right. Any of them. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Is that fair enough? Yeah. What's going to happen if it costs your job? The answer is she's got God on her side. Mm -hmm. My family comes second. God comes first. Yeah. And that's the way it works. That's right. Hope you enjoyed the story. Don't let the mule kick you more than three times, though. That's all I can say. Never because I got three. That's going to be it. <laughs> That's all I got, boss. All right. Well, thanks for the story. Thank you. Awesome as always. Appreciate you having me. All right. Everybody have a great week. Thanks Bye, guys. And ladies. Take Bye. care. Bye-bye.